ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own? Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Despite her unsavory upbringing, Loriana Sims vows not to let the fast, gritty lifestyle of the hood dismantle her innocence. With dreams of leaving what she calls home behind, Loriana's plans are abruptly placed on hold. While her circumstances have, in some measure, matured the bachelor team, they have also left her in an immense amount of distress. No longer meek to the world around her, Loriana Loriana comes into her own as a woman and finds herself caught up in the likes of the Young Hoodlum Project. With a known reputation in the hood for his insolent way with words, outlandish behavior, cold pen game, and disgustingly handsome good looks, Brashawn Project's Emery snatches Loriana's unprepared heart. Stuck in his grind as a true hustler, Project has hardly had any time on his hands for a companion, though the moment he crosses paths with Loriana, Project jokingly pledges to change her last name. When one wrong decision ends deadly, Loriana press- is pressured to choose between the life she once knew and the one her heart belonged to. The hood has caused an extra layer to thicken around their hearts, making it seemingly impossible to peel. Love didn't seem to be in the equation for either of them. Will his addiction to the fast life cause their pretentious relationship and lives to fold before it can bloom? Or will the two take heed and remember where they came from? Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome back to the Bibliophiles Bookcase. I'm your host, Erica the Bibliophile, and I am here to discuss Brienne Denae's From the Hood with Love. Part one. Now, this is my first book by the author, and I was really excited because I realized, like, looking over my episodes, I'm like, girl, you are literally doing the same people over and over. It's time to get somebody new, which I'm going to be jumping back into an author I already read because I have to finish Beloved series. Like, I'm too invested now, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about Brienne. This is Brienne's episode, so let's stick on her. Um, But I had posted on my podcast Twitter page how I had the Christmas book and, you know, it was my first book by her that I was going to be reading and I was already sold because she has a playlist to go along with the book. And it's like my two loves, reading and listening to music, we lit. But she actually responded to me and said, "Um, you know, you actually want to read the first three books before you get into this you know, and she, um, showed it to me, and I was like, okay, cool, no problem, went to download it, and, um, I read a book a day, so I have the first three books out of the way, and I still haven't read the Christmas book yet, so I was like, okay, um, no problem, but like I said, I'm already sold with the playlist, because I was just like, this is genius, and as I'm listening 
she did it perfectly is what I'm trying to get at. It's like the music matches perfectly with the story that she's telling, which is a good story because I've already made it clear, you know, like I'm close to 30. I don't really listen. Listen, I don't really read teenage stories anymore, but I like this one and this one I will give a pass and you know like I really don't have a problem with it um because it's it's well thought out so Brienne if you listen to this episode great job it was a real thought out story I just have a few things that I'm gonna nitpick but it's just like my personal thing it's nothing to take serious I guess it's just things that I have a pet peeve with but you know who am I um so let's start Lori I want to say it's Loriana or Loriana. I like Loriana better. She's a 17-year-old senior who lives with her mother, Lynette. And Lynette hasn't been feeling too good lately. So, you know, Loriana is worried about her. And it's like, you know, as soon as I'm done with school, coming back home. And Miss Lynette is like, girl, you are a senior in high school. You know, you can go out, have fun, find you something to do. And she's like, okay, you know, maybe I can hang out with Akira. And as soon as Miss Lynette hears that name, she's like, oh, no, baby. What is you doing? I am not from New Orleans. I don't even know why I just did that. But um, she's like, you know, I do not like you hanging out with her. But that's her, quote, unquote, best friend. So, of course, she's not listening to her mama on that. And Akira is the definition of little girl loss. She is sleeping with any and everybody because they show her some attention and they like her body and you know her mother put her on birth control like a year or two ago so of course her body blossomed and you know she's feeling herself and she also like shits on Loriana for still looking like a little girl so basically like Loriana has a nice grade of hair that she keeps in a ponytail in the back of her head like all I won't say all, but I know I used to. Like, before I cut off my hair, my hair stayed in a bun at the top of my head. I just didn't feel like doing it. It was the quick and easiest thing to do. So, it's just like, yeah. But, you know, when you do your hair like that, you tend to have a baby face. It makes you look younger. So, because Akira thinks she's hot shit and, you know, like, all the boys want her, she wants to look like a grown woman. She done got this fresh sewing in her hair. So, you know, mama is feeling herself. And the first thing that I kind of want to nitpick was on the first page, it says that Loriana is 17. And then when her and Akira had this back and forth, Akira says, you know, we're 18 now. So you need to start looking like you're 18. So I'm just like, okay, is she 17 or is she 18? Because it makes a difference, like to me anyway, in this story and where it goes. Um and Loriana also has another best friend whose name is Nari. And I feel like Nari is actually her friend where Akira isn't. And she's just somebody that she hangs out with. Loriana has a crush on this guy named Keith, who, you know, like he'd be looking back at her, but Loriana don't say nothing. So it's just like, do you fuck with me or do you not fuck with me? But, um,. Keith walks up to her with his friend Cooper, who is filling Nari, and they convince them to go to 
the rec so they can watch them play basketball and they can chill. And the rec is just like a hangout spot for teenage kids and for people who want to play basketball to play basketball and people can sit and watch them. And so Akira is walking over to them and she bumps into Keith on purpose and says, dang, Keith, watch where you going. Now, as Loriana, I'm already peeping that and I'm looking at you wild crazy because it's like bitch what is you doing and so when she finds out that they're going to the wreck she tags along um because the guy that she's messing with tells her you know like they can't hang out and Nareed busts her out and says ain't he married now my thing is the heifer says no but then she says how do you know I wanted everyone to know that so it's like but you said no so he's not married so what's the problem and you know like I said she just feeling herself she feel like everybody want to know her business or just all up in her business it's like girl no um and those two they cannot stand each other they tolerate being around each other somewhat because of Loriana but you know like every time they're around each other they're arguing and Nareed sees Akira for the shifty hoe that she is, but Loriana swears that she's her friend. And it's just like, girl, even with you not being quote unquote hood, because that's the thing, like Loriana is the good girl, but it's just like, okay, you ain't got to be in the streets to know some things. Like, come on now. It's just certain things that you should be able to peep and have common sense. You ain't got to have street smarts to just have plain on common sense. And anybody could see that Akira is, she's nobody's friend. She looks out for herself. And she's, Loriana is on her way to the bathroom. Um, But her mom's cell phone that she borrowed because hers is broken starts to ring. And it's her aunt. And as she's talking to her aunt, she sees Keith coming out of the bathroom you know, like she's smiling and planning on walking up behind him and saying something to him. But she sees Akira following him out the bathroom. Now, they don't see her because when she sees what's going on, she runs around the corner, you know, and just watch them like and not wanting to believe what happened happened because she's just like saying to herself maybe Akira walked into the room and it's like girl no you know your friend and you know she tried you know exactly what she did and immediately I would think like you know I got this you're my friend and I say that you're my best friend so you know that I got a crush on this dude so you just went after him because I got a crush on him like Loriana Ma you're not stupid um and so when he walks back over to his boys, they're patting him on the back. They're grinning. One guy even says, like, you know, I told you her head game was crazy. So it's like, girl, you are the pass around. And everybody knows that you're the pass around. And she really don't care. Because, like I said, she thinks she she thinks this is cool. Um, So where are we? And then this nigga going to lie and says he didn't know that that's what she was going to do. It's like, first of all, she followed you into the bathroom. If she had anything to say to you, she could have said it out in the open instead of following you behind the bathroom. And he says that she says something about Loriana and he tells her, you know, I don't really think she's feeling me like that. So that's when she made a move and got on her knees in that bathroom. And so Loriana... 
she's getting a ride from this is like the next day she's getting a ride from Akira Akira to a tutoring session and she sees that Keith's name is on Akira's phone and she turns to her like you know why is he calling you and she's like dang you knows and it's like yeah bitch why is my like not knowing that Loriana already saw her walking out the bathroom so it's like not only did you follow him into the bathroom but now he's calling your phone like I need answers and I need them right now. Like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and so Akira makes up this lie about him calling for her to braid his little sister's hair. And Loriana doesn't believe that because she doesn't even think he has a little sister or has a sister, period. So she mentions that Keith may ask her to the prom. And Akira catches the attitude like, what? Why? I didn't even know you knew him like and she's like uh it's not for sure but it's like we've been talking a little bit so he might ask like what's the issue and so Akira is fuming thinking how she gonna check him later about asking Loriana to the prom but it's like you're my best friend you know I like him so what is (sighs) trifling 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 so Loriana is tutoring joy who is also a senior and you know like they just have a little conversation joy is like really stressed out because she wants to make her mom proud and get good grades but she's just like not grasping a few subjects so loriana goes to the bathroom and while she's in the bathroom she can hear someone having sex in the next room and it's joy's older brother project and he's a 21-year-old drug dealer who is also a ghostwriter for rappers. And it's like, he's not a big-time drug dealer. You know, he just do his thing, sell a little yeah, yeah. And um, But the real money is in the ghostwriting. So he leaves, like, after he comes out of his room with the girl, which, fam, like, he's saying some little slick stuff. And Loriana looks over at him and the girl that he was just having sex with, like, get, gets down in her face and was like, what you looking at? Don't be looking at him. And he like, man, what is your problem? Why is you talking to her like that? And she like, because you my nigga. And he like, uh, pump your brace. I'm not shit nothing. Because she's really like a nobody. He got, he started messing with her on some get back shit to a dude who tried to like punk him out. And it's just like, see, that I, that's always been messy to me. Like, niggas really think like that's a a feat like you really did something so it's like instead of fighting that nigga or you know you want to see him you have sex with like how does that what does that do but you know men and their egos it does a lot but it's just like in the grand scheme of things like when you really think about it what does that mean (sighs) anyway so when he makes it back home from making moves his mom uh Hasaline, Jocelyn, um has him take Loriana home and at first he doesn't want to because he's like you know the bus is still running and um she's like oh I didn't know you were offering because when he comes in the house he's like you know are you ready and she's like oh I didn't know you were offering I could take the bus and he like same thing I said and I know she heard that and if that was the case I'd have been like you know what thank you but no thank you I'll catch the bus. And, you know, um, Miss Jocelyn is like, no, 
There's no way I will have you out riding a, a bus this late. He could take you home, like I said, but I really like would have fought that. I'd be like, Miss Jocelyn, thank you so much. But it is obvious that he does not want to take me home. And I'm not for putting anybody out their way. Thank y'all. Have a good night. And I would have walked right out the door. Because that's one thing I have always hated. Like, if you, if I get the inkling that you don't want to do something, I'm out. I don't, I'm not forcing nobody to do nothing. I'm not begging nobody to do nothing. And it's like, especially for you to act like it's an inconvenience when Nigga, I didn't ask you. This is your mom trying to make you take me home. I'm cool with taking the bus. So that's exactly where the hell I'll be on that bus. <sighs> like, man, ooh, man. <laughs> like, I'm getting hot just thinking about it. And it, it didn't even happen to me. But it's just like, you don't ever, don't play with me like that. Um, So, you know, while they're driving to her house, they exchange a few words and he spent a little game to her. He done gave her the nickname L Boogie. And she's like, you know, what type of nickname is that? And he says, you know, it's the one I got for you until you take my last name. And I'm like, not this nigga trying to spit game to this 17-year-old girl. That's why I feel like it kind of matters if she's 17 or 18. But they never really say that she has a birthday. And I feel like, okay, nope, we're going to get there. I'm jumping way ahead of myself. Then as she's getting out, he asks for her number and she gives him her mom's cell phone number because, of course, she doesn't have a phone right now. And he just tells her that she better answer. So when she gets inside, there's a surprise for her from her dad and it's a brand new iPhone. Now, her dad and her mom, like they used to be married, but they got a divorce and he now has a new wife and they have a son. I forgot how old he was, but, um, and you know, he's never really around too much. Like she sees him might go spend like a weekend or something with him. Cause he stays like an hour away or something like that. And it just is what it is. Cause Lynette says she ain't begging nobody to what I just said a few minutes ago, not begging nobody to do nothing. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it, but I'm not begging you to do nothing. So it's some time later, and she sees a project at the gas station, but she doesn't speak until he approaches her. She's with her cousin. I want to say it's Mayel, because it's M-H-Y-A-L-E, um, and she was doing her hair. So they were stopping at the hair store and at the gas station. And so she sees him, but she doesn't speak until he comes across the street Um, Because he's buying some juice for some kids at his best friend's aunt's house. Now, the best friend was shot and killed. So, you know, they're all over there just kicking it at this point. And she gives him a hug and offers condolences because, you know, he has an RIP shirt on. And it's the day of the funeral. So while they're hugging, some girl walks by and speaks. And it's like, you know, it's always a bitch that has to be seen. Hey, Project. It's like, bitch, you see him with somebody else. Like, why do you feel the need to, you know, like, want to make yourself known? And he gives her, like, a head nod. And, of course, like, when you don't speak to somebody who's trying to be seen, they're going to make a scene. Um, and she says, oh, so because you're in front of this little girl, you can't speak now? 
And he did get this. He's like, bitch, I gave you a head now. Like, what the fuck do you want? Get on. And her friends that's with her, like, uh uh-uh. uh, see, he does he too disrespectful for me. And um, she's like, Oh, it's cool. He gonna be calling me later. And as soon as Loriana hears that, she steps back because it's just like, You haven't called me and he makes a joke about her being jealous and reminds her that even if he did call, it wouldn't have been for her anyway. Because when he asked for her number, he said it was because he wanted to check on Joy and make sure the tutoring was working. Because it wouldn't make sense to have her continue tutoring his sister and it didn't work. So it's just like, but you wouldn't need my number to check on your sister. You just could ask your sister. Like, is she going to tell you the truth or is she going to lie? But they ain't got nothing to do with you calling me. So, and you know, of course, in her young brain, it's just like, feelings crushed. Like, oh, damn, my bad. Let me step back. But of course, you know, like, he was joking. And they part ways. So while she's chilling with Nari, one day she gets a call from Project, who tells her to get ready because he's coming to get her so they can hang out. And at first, she's like, no, I'm hanging with my friend. And he's like, man, please, whatever. I'm on my way. Drop the Addy. And while they're riding around just talking, you know, like, it's cool until he sees, Project sees somebody that owes him money. So he jumps out with his gun and takes what the man has on him and gives it to Loriana and tells her, you know, you can take it, do whatever you want to do with it. And I'm just like... My nigga, we had a stop sign. Do you know that there's cameras on the lights? Like, I'm offering you getting your get back, but you couldn't do this somewhere else? And so, and then she asked him, like, what is this, hush money? I promise I ain't gonna say, because, you know, she, like I said, she's supposed to be the good girl, so she don't know nothing about nothing. Um, And she's like, I promise I won't say anything. You ain't got to worry. He's like, man, I know. No, I just take it. You good. And so at school, Akira is bragging about the married guy that she's seeing paying for her things for prom when Keith and his friends walk up. So he speaks to Loriana, but you know, because she know what's up, she's real dry. She good on him. She no longer has a crush on him. She really don't want to talk to him anymore. And she butts into the conversation telling Keith like, oh, you know, she has a boyfriend now. And Loriana looked up like, no, I don't. But why is that any of his business? And her response is, I'm just saying. He's all love struck by you and you don't even want him. But you do, right? And this is what I'm saying. I'm like, she ain't no punk. So I'm like, Loriana, we would have fought. I'm sorry. And it's not even fight. It's not fighting over Keith. This ain't got shit to do with Keith. It's the principle. And when she asks her, you know, but you do, right? I mean, yeah, nothing wrong with him. You act like it is. When did I ever act like something was wrong with him? Or is it the fact that you're so fucking pressed trying to get something that I like or that I want just to say that you took it from me? Like you telling on yourself and not even knowing you telling on yourself. So 
at that point, she gets a FaceTime from Project and just walks away from the conversation because it's like, I'm not finna do this showing out shit with either one of y'all. And that's the one thing I did respect, too, because it's like, either you could show out or I'm like, man, if y'all want to be goofy, y'all gonna be goofy by y'all damn self, and I'm walking off. Like, bitch, I got me an older man. It's like, she on a cure level, but she doing it the right way. Akira ain't doing it the right way. It's like, you got an older man who's married and you trying to show out and act like you wrong, but Loriana got an older man as well, but somebody that's actually into her and they getting to know each other and they working towards something. Like, Loriana doing it the right way. So, Project shows up to pick her up from school and they go get pedicures together. And the shop that they go to, it's his aunt's shop. Her name is, her nickname is Moo. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And while they're in their pedicures, they have a few drinks. He has some, what was it? Reminade, which is Remy and Lemonade. And she took a few sips of his drink and she had a couple glasses of wine. So, you know, she feeling real good. And afterwards, they go to his grandmother's house where, you know, like they're chilling and he eats her out. But right after that, she gets a call from Marie that... Akira got her ass beat by the married guy's wife. And the reason why she knows that is because she was there with her mother dropping off something to a friend's house when the fight broke out. So it's like, I think they was a couple houses down. And, you know, people, of course, recording, getting it all on Facebook, Instagram, all that. And she's like, you know, my mama wouldn't let me uh go over there. And her mama said, for what? That ain't your business. If she wanted to sleep with a married man... Let her handle the consequences that come with that. And I'm like, I'm with mama. Like, you think you grown until some grown shit happened. And uh, so Projects gets, Project, gets a call from his grandfather who wants him to come to a writing camp in L.A. for two months. And he's like, you know, you doing your thing with the writing and trying to get you out the streets. So, you know. And he compares him to... His father, who stays in jail, and of course, Project is real upset like that. He's like, man, don't compare me to that man. Me and that man ain't nothing alike. But he also knows that his grandfather is right. It's like, you're not that deep into the streets, but you're deep enough where if you get caught, it could fuck you up. So you just need to get out and stick to the music and get all the way legit. So Loriana is at the wreck by herself. Um, she had just got off the phone with projects and she's standing in line for some food when Akira and a friend of hers, I forgot, I think it's Binker was the girl's name. And they coming over making small talk with her and Loriana asked Akira, you know, like, how have you been? I've been trying to reach out to you. Why? It ain't like you care anyway. And then she calls Loriana fake and makes makes a statement about how their morals being more alike than Loriana thinks. And she's like smirking in her face and Loriana's like, you got me fucked up, but okay, cool. Um, So she gets her food, go has a seat. And, you know, like she's minding her own business until a few moments later, somebody walks up to her, calling, by, calling her out by her name 
and tells her that she needs to find something safe to do and leave her nigga alone. And at first, like, Loriana doesn't even recognize her. Like, who is this? But, um, nope, she don't even remember her then. So she just tells her, you know, but I'm thinking to myself, I know who it is while reading, like, as a reader, you know who it is. And it's actually the girl that Loriana heard projects having sex with while she was tutoring Joy, who got in her face that time as well. So this time, Loriana gives her a chance and tells her that she needs to back up. So a girl is like, or what? So she mushes her, and Loriana throws a first punch, because it's like, I'm tired of you hoes thinking you can motherfucking play with me, and you can't. So, you know, she's whooping the girl ass one-on-one, no problem. It's like, as soon as she starts to get up, because she thinks like, you know, okay, fight over, I don't whoop her, we good. Her friends... Kelsey's friends jump in and jump on her. Now, at that point, somebody tells uh, Mayel, like, ain't that your cousin? So, of course, Mayel runs over and is like, oh, y'all want to jump somebody? Boop, 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 boop. And um, Project walks in the wreck with his cousin, Cordell, and they're like, man, damn, this shit jumping already. You know, not knowing that it's his little boo that's in the fight. And Kelsey... Oh, nope. He sees Kelsey and sees how bad she got her ass whooped and is wondering who be her ass until he hears his name and sees Loriana because Kelsey says something about Project. And Kelsey tells Loriana to ask him who house he was over the other night. And then that's when it clicks for Loriana who the girl is. And he's just like, I'm really out here fighting this bitch over a nigga that's not my nigga. And... It's just like he uh walks over and he's trying to check on her, but she tells him, Man, I'm done with you. Did you really like go have sex with that girl after you left me that night? And her cousin Mayel goes over to Akira and punches her in the face and tells her that she's a grimy hoe for just standing there watching. Cause it's like, but you knew was a what was about to happen and you didn't want her at all. And I'm just like I don't think we ever got into how she knew that. And I wonder, like, did she set it up herself? But you really stood back and watched her get jumped because Nairi wasn't there to help you while you was fighting. And it's like, that was a one-on-one fight. You could have fought that grown woman by yourself. So the fact that you got your ass with one-on-one, how you mad at somebody for not jumping in? You go square up head-to-head. Either you win the fight or you get your ass whooped and you take your L and you know either you go practice and come and get your get back or you just let that shit go and you just got your ass for but the whole point is she only feeling away because she feels like Loriana was on the reed side about not jumping in so you just let your quote-unquote friend get jumped but I knew when you took her nigga right from under her nose that you wanted to buy shit so it really didn't make no never mind and you know not even two days later Project is on her phone, like, okay, you was upset, but now it's over with. Like, we not going to stop talking to each other, so what's up? So, Loriana, you know, talks to Miss Lynette about it, because she's like, yeah, I'm mad, but I still like him, and I don't want to stop talking to him, but, you know, like, I'm just upset. And she even tells uh, Miss Lynette that she's ready to get on birth control. Cause she feels like she could take it there with him and she wants to be protected. But her mom, like she agrees and tells her, you know, okay, call your doctor. You got to set up your own appointment. 
excuse me, and she tells him, tells her to make him still wear a condom because birth control isn't enough. And you're not just saving yourself from babies, you're saving yourself from disease as well. So, yeah, birth control is cool, but that ain't the only um, form of protection. So she takes her mom's car to pull up on project at the studio where he told her to come. And, you know, they be, they briefly squashed that he did have sex with Kelsey that night, but hasn't since. And they make it official as a couple. And he takes her back in the studio, shows her what he's writing on. And she even helps out and, like, switches a few of the lyrics and um, tells the rapper... Laurent that project is working with like you know it sounds good what you was working on but you can actually fix it and make it better so now it's prom night and Loriana's parents are taking pictures you know Greg came over with his wife and they just snapping away and this dude tried to be slick talking about you know take a picture with all of us together which would have been um Greg the dad Miss Lynette and Loriana and the wife is like all of who Nigga, y'all not a family no more. No. And it's just like, chill, sis. You the wife now. Why you why you acting like that? Because at the end of the day, they are still a family, mom, dad, and daughter. Like, I feel like she know that Greg, like, if he could, he he get his uh first family back. So Keith shows up with Akira, who thinks she doing something. Got on the shortest of dress, like everything just hanging out. And it's like, yes, honey, you got the body, but do you really got to do all this? You know what I'm, and I know that sounds wrong, because it's like, you can wear what you want to wear, but it's, some things just are inappropriate, and it just is what it is. And so, of course, Nari and Loriana are annoyed with Cooper, who is now Nari's boyfriend, and it's just like, invited them for what, though? And what is she doing here? And Keith and Cooper looking at them like, we not doing that tonight. We out to have a good time. Basically trying to make it seem like they're the problem. Like, y'all going to chill out. It ain't even that serious. It's like, why is she here, though? Because if somebody did y'all dirty, would y'all really be sitting up in their face? That is the one thing I hate about men. Really men, because they always try to make it seem like it's women's drama and they just need to let it go. But it's like, if somebody really did you dirty, you really going to sit in their face, skinning and grinning like y'all riding together? Like, you really going to be cool with somebody like that? Of course not. So why do y'all want to make women out to be the ones who just have to deal with it? But anyway, they do that. So, you know, Loriana is solo. At least she, that's what she thinks until she gets to the prom. Project is there to surprise her and it's her date for the night. And, you know, he matches her fly. It's all cute. And Loriana and Nari have a pact that they made, like, a long time ago that they would not lose their virginity until the night of prom. So they had to make sure that whoever they went to prom with or whoever they felt like giving it to, the night of prom was worth it. And, of course, with the way she's feeling Project, it's all worth it. And so, in the middle of the night, around 3 a.m., 3 a.m., she wakes up to him dressed in all black, telling her that he'll be back. So, she goes back to sleep, but not without praying him praying for him first. Excuse me. Unfortunately, sometime later, 
Joy calls her telling her the only thing she says is it's project and Loriana doesn't hear the rest of what she said because she's too busy thinking the worst and crying. So after a while later, when she gets home, she finds her mother without a pulse and she calls 911 to tell them that she thinks her mother is dead. But it's like, honey, if you didn't find a pulse, yeah, she gone. And the story is to be continued. And I was like, this is really good. Like, like I said, Brienne, this is well thought out. I really, except for a few errors, excuse me. It was a really good book and I really enjoyed it. And I can't wait to meet you guys back here next week for part two. Sorry, I've been drinking a little bit. Um, Peace and blessings, my beautiful people.